episode 34 of Stats of Matter, week 12 of the NFL season. It's just about over. We actually have Wednesday night football, mm. Wednesday afternoon football. I can't even believe we're saying this. This is the most 2020 thing ever. Um, week 13, lucky, maybe not so lucky, week 13, looming large. Uh, in our cups this week, it's a double IPA from Portland, Maine, and a stout from Wenaki, Wisconsin. <laughs> Everyone knows. Oh, that's that sounds like an evil laugh there. That sounds like you need to get your bingo cards ready. Everyone knows who, who doesn't listen to this podcast, but you should know by now. You can find us wherever you get your podcast. It's your Apple, Google, Spotify, World Wide Web. Look, the next time that you reply to something on Twitter, it's beer or sports related. Just do us a favor. At the end of your reply, just tag us at Stats Podcast. Start driving that traffic our way. We want to get in these conversations with y'all. And you know, for that matter, if you're on Instagram scrolling, doing the double tap, breweries and podcasts, just give us the same thing. Put at Stats Don't Matter right in that comment. And uh, we're going to see it. Tag us in your Instagram stories. Let's get out there. But don't be sending us none of those things that you should be double tapping like the like the Pope last week when he mysteriously double tapped a, you know, a bikini model. He's like, I don't know how that happened. I think you do. But uh, we're not trying to get that. So sports, breweries, podcast guests, potential. Go ahead. Send them our way. I do find it somewhat funny the thought of uh, the Pope just sitting back in the lounge chair. Just needless Stop. scroll and stuff. <laughs> Could be worse. We, we need all the goodwill we can get. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Virtually blessing. <laughs> Just virtually blessing the Instagram world. That's it. I mean, those women uh, need prayers and blessing too, right? Instagram models need blessings too. It's wow. Okay. Anyways, moving on to what's in my cup. Starting this episode off. Let's go. Uh, if you are a, a big time listener of this podcast, you have the stats of bingo card, <clears throat> um, unofficial, not on eBay yet, but, uh, if you have one, you've been making one, I think you're about to get the centerpiece, uh, the free spot. Tim, what do you got for us this week? Oh, the much discussed, much talked about angry chair collaboration with untitled art. Wee-oo, 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 wee-oo. <laughs> there it is. There it is. That's... This is the bingo card, everyone. That's right. So Angry Chair, obviously, as you know, uh, is a prime stout maker out of, uh, they're out of Florida. Angry Chair, they don't do a lot of collaborations with a lot of breweries. This is one that is a staple. They do this um, every so often, at least once a year. And every year they get better and better and better. And uh, this year is no exception. I am drinking loaded French toast, an imperial stout. I mean, uh, 11... A hefty 11%, but uh, maple syrup, cinnamon, and milk sugar. Uh, I'm I'm very, very excited about this one. Uh, they distribute this, which is kind of nice. You can find this quite a few places. Uh, Maine usually gets these. I don't think Vacation Land got this round, uh, at least this, this go-round. Um, but check your local package stores. Maybe someone else found a way to get it in there. Uh, wherever you were from, as you're listening to this, go out immediately and find it. It's a, it's a pink can. It's got little French toast squares on it. Uh, but I've never had one of these Untitled Art collaborations that was not a home run. So I don't expect this one to be any different at all. So let's give it a go. Oh, yeah. As soon as you open it, 
it just hits your nose as if you opened a syrup bottle. Ah, smells fantastic. We got the uh, glass to mouth sandlot cup. So shout out to uh, glass to mouth. I love this thing. Funny story. I made a post about it on uh, Instagram, and the actor who plays Squints uh, liked it, commented on it. So shout out to him also. Um, he's got he's into some pretty interesting stuff. So go check that out now. But anyway, back to this beer. Smells like breakfast. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I like stouts across the board. I like adjunct stouts. I like straight-up stouts. I like porters. I like that rich, darker flavor. But if you're going to go with something that's a little bit on the sweeter side, in that adjunct variety, you cannot beat Angry Chair. Uh... This is a prime example of that. This is immediately like a four seven five. Only reason I'm not giving it a five is because there are other beers out there that I haven't tried yet, so I can't I can't give it a perfect rating. But unbelievable, unbelievable. It is. Uh, I will say it's it's a touch sweet. I think if I had to make one sort of negative comment on it, some people might find it a little too sweet. I don't. I think this is great. But yeah, it's definitely on the sweeter side. Um, it's one of those I'll probably you could sit there. I mean, I'm who am I kidding? I could drink all four of these if I wanted to in one sitting. But most people have like one or two of these: a dessert beer, like a nice cold weather beer, sitting around a fire type thing, or Sunday morning brunch. Any one of those scenarios. Uh, but yeah, I would say if if there was one negative, it, it they're really heavy on the that milk sugar. It's very very sweet, but if you're drinking a beer that's called French toast, you have to be expecting that. If you open it up and then you complain about how sweet it is, you're just being an asshole because it should be sweet. It's French toast for Christ's sake with maple syrup. Uh, and that's exactly what this tastes like on the nose. Even as I'm breathing, I can smell and taste just like I took a bite of French toast. This is, I, I know it sounds like I'm gushing, but this is one of the best stouts I've had from them. Um, in the adjunct variety, simple math. The one they put out is the best stout I've ever had, but as far as adjuncts, this is this is phenomenal. This is uh my favorite beer of the year so far, I think. Take that, 2020. Yeah. Going out with a bang. Jesus, don't say that. We're not we're not <laughs> at the end of 2020 yet. <laughs> sure. All right. Don't. All right. I will be on the lookout for that. I probably I probably missed the window. But uh, that's okay, because I got this thing right here. And again, you can't see it. But uh, this is Swish, the vaunted, infamous double IPA from Best Brothers out of Portland, Maine. Um, happened to, you know, I, I'll be scrolling beer Twitter all the time and just happened to see that uh, there was, you know, a whole bunch of extra cases of Swish that they forgot to allocate. So they were going to sell it again. And I just reached out to a friend of mine and I said, hey, you know, these, this beer is going to be available this week. He's like, oh, I might have to stop by and get some. And I was like, I might just have to, you know, see if you know a beer store that just might happen to, you know, send some of the beer down my way. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm not going to say that that happened, but I'm just saying that somehow the beer store has gifted me with Swish. <laughs> so after many years of trying to find this beer, um, I get to crack into it. Here we oh, go. Is this your first one? Yeah, it is actually. Wow. All right. Glad I could be a part of this. 
that's weird it doesn't smell like a Bissell beer from the top. You know, like that, like most Bissell beers you have, like they're really, really hoppy or they're like, yeah. they, they have the grain build. Like you can really tell like the flavors yep. there. This doesn't smell like that. Bissell is one of those, I, I love what they do. They, they make a lot of, all their beers are on that like fresh quality, like consistent beers, but they are one of those that has sort of fallen into a groove and a lot of their IPAs kind of have that similar back end to it. And like, I, I get it. Like, good breweries, they take an IPA that's successful and they kind of tweak the recipe to make up new ones. And Bissell is one of those. Like, a lot of their bre- a lot of their beers can kind of blend together a little bit. Um, but, Swish. Love maybe, Swish. That's, maybe that's just our unrefined palate, but... <laughs> Probably. Probably. This, this is amazing. It tastes like... Some of those other like those super like rare hazies that that uh, that you can find out there from some of those other name breweries, like it, it's just you get so much of like the hop. I almost feel like I'm chewing on a hop. Mm. That's how like dank and resiny this is, and and I really really like how how smooth it is just for you know being eight um, percent. These are these are awfully awfully dangerous beers, and uh, oh, it's too bad that I'm now drinking it because it's it's good for the podcast, but it's bad for me because I'm done finishing. It. I'm not gonna be able to get swish for like a long time. It's just sort <laughs> yeah. of like. When one of the, like when you have a character that, you know, like that comes into your life and then leaves it sort of like Santa Claus. Swish is like Santa Claus. That's what I'm saying there. All right. Let's agree. Woo, man, this is, woo, this is going to be good. The, the beer I'm going to drink after this is not going to, not going to match up to my expectations whatsoever. Um, let's go. Let's go four, four, five. Mm, okay. Four or five. This this is this is a fantastic beer. Yep, yep, yep. I'm, I feel the exact same way with uh, these untitled art beers because they're one of those that you get torn between drinking it and saving it, but you never know what that occasion is going to be. So you end up just drinking it randomly on like a Tuesday night because it's there. So, um, I I got a whole shelf full of stouts that uh, I'm just waiting on the right time, and uh, you know, most of the way through 2020, I'm like. Maybe on January first, twenty twenty one, might be the time to crack into some of those bad Larrys. So, did you get any of your? Did you get any of your Goose Island? It's Goose Island weekend. I did actually. Yeah, I got one of the. Um, I got one of the variants. I got the London Fog one that one that's made with like Earl Grey tea and stuff like that. I'm a tea guy, you know. So I I figured, look, if that's if that's one of the things, I I gotta I gotta try it out. Funny yep. story. I actually I returned a keg, uh, and I got the deposit back, and you know it was like Black Friday, and they're like, hey, uh, do you want another keg? And I'm like, no. Uh, what do you have for the variants and you know for goose island and they said we have three and five and i'm like okay <laughs> so i don't know i don't know how to tell you this yeah. i have no idea what those are <laughs> like yeah i'm a beer fan but i'm not like i didn't come specifically to pick this up i'm just in the store so fuck it while i'm here like and he's like oh it's the tea variant i'm like yes that's the one i will take please <laughs> I'm looking like the, uh i grabbed uh i grabbed the carmella I grabbed a couple stouts and then i grabbed What's the other one? I don't remember the numbers off of them, but I got the oatmeal stout. And then I got the that other one. I think it's the apple crisp one. So some of them are are specific to regions that you live in. Like Connecticut mm-hmm. tends to get some of them, but not all of them. Like I didn't see any of the Weller series, which would have been fantastic. That's their anniversary series. Um But interesting enough, I had proposed to my wife, my now wife on thanksgiving uh seven years ago and at the time um right before we left boston we went into a little package store and i saw 
this is back when they were in six packs and they were two little small six pack they had the barley wine and they had um the regular stout i was like oh these are out already yeah i'm definitely gonna buy some of these and i brought them down and that was the beer i drank when uh on friday afterwards when everybody's over after we proposed uh or sorry thursday night after i proposed so now every year i grab two bottles one to consume one to keep in the basement so that eventually i have a stout from every year that i proposed sort of sitting around aging a little bit it was a little nostalgia i don't know what i'm gonna do with them when i have a ton because apparently after about five years mm. the flavors of like coffee and whatnot start falling off in a lot of the aged stouts but you know it'd be cool on like my 20th anniversary to pull out the 2020 variant and open it up nah nah i don't think that the, the, the variant you should definitely drink this year i don't think you're really going to remember Unless you wanted to say, gather around, kids. Let me tell you about 2020. And then people are going to be like, you, I, Dad, did you really live through that? And be like, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> it was one of the, you know, Dickinson said it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Yep. Through the first part, it was the worst of times. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's 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 get into this uh, this game here. Every year on Thanksgiving, there's supposed to be a, a, a nice slate of games. Usually the Cowboys are playing, the football team's playing, the Lions are playing. Uh, it all happens. We were supposed to have a triple header on Turkey Day this year, and we didn't get the primetime game because of that gosh darn coronavirus and another outbreak this time for Baltimore Ravens. So we only had two of the original three games on the triple header slate. And Tim, I hope you're starting off this week with a big fat L. <laughs> not only did I uh, uh, not start the week off with an L, I don't know if I got an L the entire prediction list mm. we'll recap as we go but let's start with texans and the lions i thought the Texans would ride some uh momentum lines are still up and down i thought the texans would win by two touchdowns so not only did i get the prediction right but damn near got the score right uh texans 41 25 not only did they ride the momentum i honestly think they may have built quite a bit of momentum going in i mean Unfortunately, we're in the, the second half of the season and there's really not much saving it. But we talked about how long Patricia would would last if they lost. And, well, he barely made it through the weekend. And uh, he's one of the most recent additions to the 2020 chopping block. Not that big of a surprise. He's 13-29-1 since joining the team in 2018. Some pretty big losses to teams they had no business losing to. So the writing's kind of been on the wall. Uh, Surprisingly enough, it was a great outing again for Watson. He had four touchdowns, which puts him fourth uh, on the list of touchdowns in the first 50 games all time. He had 95. He did, unfortunately, have a lot of help from the PED-laden Will Fuller, who managed 171 yards on only six receptions, and two of those were touchdowns. Oh, boy. Oh, yep. Yeah. So it's a good thing you, had, you got those fantasy points because you're not going to get them for the rest of the season. Nope, nope. And it's it's... Too bad, too, because he was on track for one hell of the to an ending of the season now. It hasn't quite come out exactly what it is that he took. I know he said it was medication that he had had previously. I know or that he thought was cleared. You know, this is one of those scenarios, you know, unless a leak comes out, we may never actually know. But it's too bad. It's pretty unfortunate. He was one of two guys that got suspended in the same day for... For six games, both of them had the same excuse. They took unknowingly took medication that was on the band's list. But uh, when you look at the performance he's had all season, 
Um, you know, you you hate to try and draw the comparison, but it's pretty tough to argue against when you say, okay, he kind of came out of nowhere. Look at the season he's having. Oh, he tested positive for PEDs. So, um, you know, you can read between the lines there and, and kind of make your own decision. But this was kind of a fun game for the old guys, though. Uh, J.J. Watt had a pick six. Um, one he batted out of the air, caught, and ran back in on his own. So that was kind of fun to watch. And Adrian Peterson muscled in another two touchdowns. So it only took him 55 yards to get some of those. So both the old guys still have a little, you know, gas left in their tank. You kind of wondered if they came in and lost, how much longer JJ was going to hold out. Now that I kind of wonder now that they need to find a replacement for, you know, what was their biggest offensive weapon for the season so far, whether or not JJ becomes a candidate for some trade fodder to try and bring someone back in. Cause they did just release stills. So right now you got that sort of, glaring hole that's there and if you're you know trying to turn around and make any sort of momentum to make a playoff push you're gonna have to fill that spot and you wonder if you know he might be one of the guys that's up there he's getting a little older i know he said he wants to be there not for a rebuild but for a win i don't know if he would even be willing to go to another team uh, but their season's about to get a little interesting right as they start turning their season around now you got you know your star going out plus you know He's out six weeks. That's the remainder of the season. If you want to have any hope or any chance, you're going to have to make a move or someone's going to have to step up. But they're either going to have one game to try and figure it out or I don't know what happens after that. But tough break for them. But fun to see the old guys, you know, relatively speaking, compared to the rest of the league, fun to see the old guys get get out and get some uh, get some progress. And, of course, Matt Patricia got the axe, as we've been talking about for weeks. Uh, and they fired the GM too, so that uh, that is something. All right, uh, Cowboys, Washington football team, second day, second game on the Turkey Day, and I said, you know what, the return of the Red Rifle is doing wonders for this team, and I thought that America's team would win in a nail biter, because if we're being honest, they could still win the NFC dumpster fire East. Okay, I know you didn't start off with an L, Tim, but I'm starting off with an L. Because uh, as the expected tone of the NFC East this season, um, I literally have no idea to describe what we're watching. Uh, but the, the closest I can come to, and bear with me here, it's like a traveling circus. You know, sometimes there are those wicked, exciting rides, but they look hella janky. And you're like, you're going, there's no way I'm riding that thing because I will probably get injured. But your, your kid's like, come on, we got to get on the ride. And you're like, all right. And you pony up the two tickets, and then you actually have a fun time. But you almost like die. You're like terrified. That's kind of what this game was like. Um, if you look at the way that this game like started out, you'd have been very surprised. Cause to be honest, it seemed like they were just content to trade field goals for most of the game. And then in the fourth quarter, the dam broke and the football team decided to rip off three touchdowns, two of which were 20 yard scoring runs by Antonio Gibson, uh, and a 15 yard pick six that just put the game away. And, and that, that pick six would have got most coaches fired if they weren't on the hot seat. Um, so 2020 man is wild. The Cowboys on paper should be able to put up as many points as they want. And that's even though you don't have Dak, you still have Amari Cooper. You still have Zeke Elliott. And yet no matter how many combinations of that team they put together, it's just not meant to be this season. <laughs> like your defense grabs you a pick and sacks the Washington football team quarterback, not once, not twice, but three times. You should always have a fighting chance. And <laughs> It's 
Oh, it's Cowboys. It's Cowboys. What a, what a late disappointment this game was. Yeah, Cowboys. Cowboys doing Cowboy things. Uh, here's why I would normally recap the Ravens-Steelers game, but that game is currently in progress. Uh, it also looks terrible. Uh, this is what happens when you have guys who haven't been able to practice for about 10 weeks. They're just injury-laden. RGB3 has already been, you know, replaced. So we'll try and recap this one at the end of the, the podcast if uh, if it hasn't finished yet. But for the record, I did say the Steelers. I thought uh, the Ravens, my gut was telling me the Ravens were going to take this one, but I wasn't brave enough to make that decision. And uh, the Ravens are making a game of it. They're only down by uh, five points right now. So. Their defense some getting the, it done. Some of the Twitter hot takes were like, this team could be, you know, you can't tell me that this team is going to beat the Chiefs. Like, bro, bro, yeah. come on. Just <laughs> enough with the hot takes. It's, it's midweek. It's Wednesday. All right. Yeah. Jets, Dolphins. I said the Jets would keep it, you know, interessante, but the Dolphins really need this game to kind of keep pace with the, the Buffalo Bills. And... They're going to snatch a W from the jaws of Adam Gase, winning by 24-21. Okay. <clears throat> so, started with an L on, on this episode, and now I'm bouncing back with the W. I mean, I was wrong about the score, but maybe that's because the, the general manager of the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 and I share an optimism about Adam Gase that no one else can, can really understand because I don't think he has a clue what he's doing. Um, and it sure looks like I don't. So that's even worse for a, a coach of a football team. But how does this man have a job? You score three points on the opening drive on a kickoff, and you start thinking, all right, Sam Donald's back. All right, we might score some points. You don't score a damn point for the rest of the game. That gets coaches fired. Does, does Adam have something on the general manager? Does he have, <laughs> did, like, is there a blood oath he has with the owner? Like, how in, you don't score a point the rest of the goddamn game? This doesn't make any sense to me. Like, Frank Gore outrushed the Dolphins running backs nearly. Sam Darnold, two picks, three sacks. That makes the game virtually unwinnable. Tua didn't even start this game. He, had, he was out with a thumb injury. Fitzmagic, I'm going to tell you exactly what he did. Hmm. Can they stop Devontae Parker? They cannot. Where's Devontae? There he is. Let me hit him. Oh, let me find Devontae. There he is. Let me hit him again. Oh, there's Devontae. Psych. I'm not going to throw it to him. I'm throwing it to someone else. Oh, we're in the red zone? Cool. Hand off the ball. Score. Oh. Where's Devontae? There he is. Oh, someone else. It's just like, you you didn't make no damn halftime adjustments at all. Like, Parker, eight times he caught the ball, 119 yards. Light work, as they would say, right? The kiddos, they would say that. Other coaches get fired for playing a game like this, but somehow this man still has a job. I, I just do not understand it. And the scary thing about Gase still being employed is the fact that he's going to take Sam Darnold's career and torpedo it before it ever really gets off the ground. Um, I just, I feel so bad. Like is Rex Ryan able to coach again? Because I don't think anyone else is going to be able to find any amount of success <laughs> with the jets. I mean, like the jets are a ship that keep crashing into a rocky coast. Yep. And there's someone in a lighthouse saying, don't come here. There's rocks. Adam Gase is like, nah, we got this. Uh, they are officially oh. the worst team in New York because the Jets, uh, the Giants seem to have uh, turned it around a little bit. And they've finally been eliminated from playoff contention. It only took 10 weeks. Yeah, it's brutal. Should have been over a long time ago. All right, moving on. Patriots? Tim, before you, before you recap this game, I just want to say, we, the delegation of the Seattle Seahawks, would like to thank you for your service <laughs> in predicting this game. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. <clears throat> so, 
Patriots Cardinals. Uh, I said Patriots. Sam, you laugh. I felt the doubt. I felt the shame. Uh, eat it, sir. Just eat it. Because <laughs> chomp, 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 chomp. Hell yeah. Uh, I look like the smartest man alive this week. Not just kidding, but seriously, I, I, I do know that when I originally made that prediction, it wasn't because I thought the offensive line was going to make any sort of, you know, stellar changes or Cam Newton was going to come out and be a superstar. It's because I knew after we talked about last week, we saw what happens when you stop Kyler Murray from running, you know, you see how the game turns out. I said there was a blueprint now, and if you have a blueprint, there's one man in the league who's going to take that and physically make it, you know, prime. It's going to be a one, Bill Belichick, and that's uh, exactly what happened. They found a way to completely stop his running game. They held him to 31 yards and zero passing touchdowns. I said once there was a blueprint, Everyone was going to try and follow it. It would spell a little trouble for the Cardinals. And I think you're going to start seeing some, you know, some interesting games coming up as people start game planning around what for the last two weeks has been shown to work against the Cardinals because they're a pretty solid team. When Kyler can get out, when he can move, and when he can throw for a couple touchdowns. You nix both of those things and they're they're in trouble. But this... Aside from all that, was just an ugly, ugly game for Cam. He threw two interceptions. It's tough to blame him for both of them, but he only had 85 yards on the day. He had only nine completions. It was a double-digit win, a double-digit comeback win. So you, you know, you can't take everything away from him. They found a way to put it together, but it's it's getting harder and harder to watch each week. Cam go out and struggle without wondering if maybe it's time to to look at the bench and see if maybe shaking up that quarterback position might help win a couple of these games because they've gone up against some good teams. They flirted with beating a couple of them. They have beat a few of them. But like this kind of game was a defensive win 100%. It had literally almost nothing to do with the offensive side of the ball. Cam's just not running the ball the same. Uh, he's, I mean, he's super inaccurate. He's, it's just, it pains me to watch because I keep rooting for him each week thinking like, okay, this will be the week we figured out. This is the time where, you know, we got this now. This is going to be great. James White's getting more involved. He was, you know, if you had him sitting on your bench, condolences, because I know he's left you hanging over the last few weeks, but he had two touchdowns this week. So I don't know what it's going to take to turn that team around, whether it is a change at the quarterback position, but Cam's just not getting the job done, and you're going to continue to risk losing some of these games that you should win, right? If you go up against a team and you have, like, a quality quarterback and you can hold the team to literally zero passing touchdowns, you should have been able to beat them by a much larger margin than a 50-yard-plus field goal to put you up by three points. Like, that's not how that game should have gone down. Uh, it goes to show that, you know, right now the entire team is riding on Bill, Bill Belichick's game planning and his defensive ability to execute. Um, something has to give at some point. I don't know if Cam's going to finish the, the season in that spot. Um, you know, they're already struggling with 500. Wild card is, you know, 
up in the air right now. So that's a tough one. You know, a win's a win. You got to take it, especially against a good team like that and someone like Kyler Murray. But I think it shows a little bit more the need to change on the offensive side than it does, uh, you know, anything else. So that was a, that was a tough win to watch. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. As a Seattle Seahawks fan, and we'll get into this later in my, you know, my recap, uh, <laughs> one-score games are the most stressful thing to give me gray hairs. Uh, so, you, you know, double-digit wins, you should take them. If you can win a game without throwing a pass and touchdown, more power to you. As a, as a stand of Cameron Jarrell Newton's revitalized career in New England, I will not be here for this slander. Moving on. Panthers-Vikings. I said, uh, look, the Vikings better ride and upset Kirk Cousins to another 300 yard three touchdown outing or they're going to lose this game to take two loves hi hit me sam stradamus rich mccaffrey didn't come back in this game like i thought he might not and the vikings look like they might lose this game at one point just came out of a black hole like a cannon they wrote a 307 yard three touchdown zero interception game and they upset the carolina panthers by kirk freaking cousins how do you like that uh hallelujah okay Sometimes I get it right. Other times I'm like, wicked wrong. And I just started investing in Robinhood too. Shout out Robinhood. So maybe I should like, maybe I should put, you know, money in the market, but not a lot. Cause I, I, I usually go like you know, sub 500 on these predictions. Look, it appears that teams have figured out how to slow Dalvin Cook down. Okay. Under hundred yards again, no score again. Uh, he also coughed up a fumble too, for good measure, as did Kirk Cousins. But this was all Justin Jefferson. 70 yards, seven receptions on 13 targets, two scores. And that was just too much for Teddy Two Gloves, who I should call Teddy One Glove because he tossed one touchdown and one interception. Uh, you know, neither running game was getting going, so you had to take it out through the air. And that, that, that favored Kirk Cousins. And look, the Panthers have a habit now of missing field goals. Now, in the beginning of the season, we talked about this. They lost these games because they had Joey Sly try and kick an obnoxiously long field goal. 56 yards, 62 yards, 65 yards. Yeah, now they're losing games because homeboy's missing field goals. Like, I, I mean, this game was an absolute thriller, like in just in the fourth quarter alone, because Minnesota scored 18 points and Carolina only scored six off two field goals. Like, wow. I, I mean, this was like a roaring comeback. Like, if you were a Vikings fan, you absolutely love this game because it showed like grit that you haven't seen like most of the season. But if Matt Rule was not a first-year head coach, losing a game like this would put him on the hot seat. This was embarrassing. Like You should not have given up that many points to Kirk Cousins when you were so far ahead. I, I think I'm one of the few that look at the Vikings as the underdog in a lot of games. I think they're one of those teams that just their record isn't quite as indicative of what their ability is. So, yeah. I agree. I agree. Browns and Jaguars. Oh, uh, I'm going to love this. I'm going to love this so much. I called the Browns last week. Browns won again. So another shout out to Baker Mayfield and another eating of my shoe. See your hat, eat your shoe. I'm eating something. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, crow. eating crow. <laughs> I think it's time, though, we call this the Tim Cronin Redemption Tour because uh, I nailed what? almost every. No! I nailed no. every prediction you, this, no. this week. You, Everyone. You, you talked yeah. all this trash about Baker Mayfield all year long, yep. and now you're trying to take credit because you said the Browns are going nah. to win and win? No. I, to no, no, no. Fair, to as, be fair, as Baker talked, Mayfield, uh, his Instagram would probably say, 
if you weren't with me when I was the number one pick and you down talking about me and acting like I couldn't play, then don't don't be don't be trying to sneak into my DMs now. Nah, get don't, here don't, with that. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not saying I'm 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 his biggest fan. Uh but yeah, I don't know if it's all on him. <laughs> we'll say. We'll say. Uh, oh but <laughs> But I, 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 oh, I, I, I'm saying this is my redemption tour because I've, I've nailed every one of these guesses after going hit or miss for the last few weeks. Um, the Browns win, and the most startling part of this win is that now they will finish the season with a winning record for the first time in 12 seasons. Yeah, Brownies. 12 seasons. I mean, the Jets are... are looking at you guys as, you know, role models right now because they're, they're due for some trouble. Uh, but if you've still been a fan through all of that, I say hats off to you guys. We've got a few bandwagoners in the last few years with the signing of Baker Mayfield and OBJ, but you deserve some credit if you kind of stuck through all this uh, because, you know, that that's a, that's a tough tough long while to be a part of a losing organization like that is almost half my lifetime where you've watched a losing franchise so hats off to you uh, if you're a jags fan also sorry you continue your slide and you've lost 10 in a row now not for lack of effort they only lost by two mike glennon had a pretty solid outing he went 20 of 35 he had 235 yards and he had two touchdowns the combined running game of Chubb and Kareem Hunt was just too much. They those two alone combined for over 200 yards, and actually on both sides of the ball uh, for the Browns, they had 200 plus yards. So it was just an offensive machine going up against the team that you know has been struggling to find itself offensively. Minshew obviously didn't play great. There was a lot of blame that was put on him, but. Obviously, this long of a stretch, he can't be the one bearing, you know, all of the blame now. So you got to start looking at other parts of that team. They're continuing to pile up losses. Granted, again, this one was pretty close. It's a, uh, it's against a team that seems to be firing in, you know, almost all cylinders. I, I still put them at the top of the middle of the pack. I'm not ready to say that. I mean, they're eight and three, so their record indicates that they're one of the better teams. I just don't know if necessarily. We talk a lot about teams who have losing records where we think where we say we don't necessarily think the losing record reflects the the quality of that team. The Browns might be one of those teams where I think their eight and three record might not be a complete indicator of the level of of the quality of that team. I think they've gotten some wins off of some you know up up days for them and down you know some some uncharacteristic mistakes on some of the guys that they're playing against but they're eight and three. You can't argue against that. They have one of the better records in the in the entire league, let alone their division. So, got to tip your hat to them. I think the uh, I think the Jaguars are in for you know a couple tough seasons coming up unless they can figure it out. Now's the time to start making some some changes. You're you know one in ten now, so start mixing it up. See what you got and start preparing for next year. The good news is they're going to have a brand new GM. And his name is probably going to be Thomas Dimitrov from Atlanta because uh, if you're the Jaguars, you absolutely need to be picking up the phone and calling that guy. Hey, remember when you assembled that super team? Yeah, you didn't really, you know, beat the super, you know, the, the champions in the Super Bowl there because you blew a 28 point lead. But 
you know, our 25 point lead, but no big deal. Like come down to Florida. Have you heard about us? Great weather, tax incentives. Come run this football team. That's going to happen. I'll tell you what. All right. <clears throat> I've been, I've been thread jacking you this entire episode because no. just I'm, okay. I'm taking so many L's and I'm just, I'm not happy about how many okay. W's you're getting. You, you need to ride. set my lineup for me, apparently, because I'm, I'm losing all my fantasy football games, and I'm probably going to miss the playoffs in all of them. But I don't really care because I'm living my best life. Yeah, but you can ride the bandwagon with me. I, it's, this is a team effort. I, I'll take you to the finish line with me, even if I am the one, even if I am the one driving the car. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll sit let, in the back. I'll Chauffeur, let you please, please close the curtains. I'll let you reach over like my son and, you know, pull the steering wheel a little bit as we, uh, we're going down a long straightaway. It's fine. Hell, hell no. I'm getting right in the back of that car. You're going to chauffeur me. I'm going to say, excuse me, please turn on the latest episodes of Stats the Better podcast. Oh, speak up. So you remember a few episodes back, you talked about, um, well, geez, we're at episode 34 now. It was more like a few episodes back. It was like 10 or 15 episodes back. He talked about Alexa. You could say, hey, Alexa, play, the, play Stats Don't Matter. Mm. I did that the other day. That was pretty awesome. So shout right. out to Amazon. You got an Thank Amazon God. Alexa say, Alexa. Play Stats Don't Matter podcast. And it'll pop up. It's amazing. It's so cool. Also works on your Google Home devices. Oh, uh, man. It's worldwide, baby. Worldwide. All right. Titans, Colts. Look, I said um, divisional games. They're very, very tough. These teams got to play it really close to the vest. And I expected the Titans to win in true 2020 fashion, keep things interessante because they got embarrassed on national TV, you know, once in primetime against the Colts. And I didn't see it happening again. <clears throat> Hello. It's me, Sam Stradamus, again. Uh, the Titans were obviously pissed off. And I can only imagine that Mike Vrabel talking to Steven Gostowski, A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill, and Derrick Henry about absolutely imposing their wills on opposing teams has had somewhat of a, you know, a change because in this game, A.J. Brown took a slant pass 69 yards to the house and took a lot of the Colts defenders' souls with him. He would not be denied. And that's not the first time he's done that this season. So, like, these... these these routes just get crazier and crazier. And whatever souls AJ Brown's run didn't take, Derrick Henry took by himself. Okay. He snuffed him out. 27 rushes, 178 yards, three touchdowns. For good measure, AJ also took a you know 45 yard kickoff return to the house. So the Colts mascot is a horse. But if we're being honest, the Titans came in with the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and they only needed two of them to really just go ahead and just render the Colts absolutely useless in this game. And that's, that's kind of what happened. The only bright spot for the Colts team was Darius Leonard. 14 total tackles, a sack. He was the only one from the entire team to register a sack on Ryan Tannehill and at least try and keep the game close because Derrick Henry just, he ran amok. He, he, he ran all over them. No one had, no one had a, an answer. No one even knew they were going to be tested on him. Apparently, like, everyone just slept in, missed the, uh, the test review. I don't know what happened, but like, wow. Even Gostowski made six point afters and one field goal. He, I mean, say what you want about the kicking woes, but they're, they seem to be absent right now. And, you know, Rodrigo Blankenship for the Colts, he only made a pair of point afters, and he didn't even attempt a field goal. This game was like if you were driving a go-kart and you're trying to track down a Corvette. Uh, you know, don't let the score fool you, or if you put an extra weight in the back of it and you're going downhill, you might catch the car in front of you. But their race is never close. And this game got way out of hand early. <clears throat> Sorry, I got to get my winning voice ready. Oh, uh, oh enough. Enough. <laughs> uh, I got the Giants-Bengals. I picked the Giants. 
uh, I know they're without your boy, but uh, someone someone needs to start keeping track of this because the Giants take this one back. Uh, and uh, they take this one on the back of their all-star quarterback who was on his longest turnover-free streak <laughs> of his career. <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even say that with a straight face. Uh, no, but... Um, no, he... he uh, Daniel Jones, man. He's the quarterback of the future. This is what happens when he takes care of the ball. Uh, this His third consecutive game without turnovers, and look what we're working with here. Um, no, nah, I'm just kidding. We can we can pump the brakes a little bit. It's a Bengals team without their star quarterback, so let's not get too crazy here. And they only won by two points. That should have been a game where they easily took, uh, but that that did not happen. But uh, the good news is is they are definitely uh no longer the worst team in New York. The Jets uh, have firmly cemented themselves as the number one pick in the draft. So uh, good for them. Uh. Go Jets, do Jets things, but Giants seeming to turn around. Too little, too late. They're now four and seven, so you basically have to win out for the rest of the season, which I suppose could be possible uh, with the Pats sort of stumbling along a little bit. Maybe they find a way to sneak into a playoff run. I highly doubt it. Highly yeah. doubt it. <clears throat> yeah, you need to be talking about how the Giants are leading the NFC West. I mean NFC East. They're playing the uh, NFC West this year. Yeah. yeah. Nah. Mm-mm. Congrats to the G-men. All right. <laughs> Bills Chargers. Said, all right, Josh Allen. You want the MVP? Go beat a younger, thinner, more accurate version of yourself. Welcome back, Austin Eckler. And I said, I think the Bills are going to lose by a field goal, and here's why. And if you listen to last week's episode, I gave you a whole bunch of stats, which don't matter. And guess what? The stats don't matter. Because Josh Allen threw for 150 yards, had a touchdown and an interception, rushed for 30 yards, and had another touchdown. And Justin Herbert had 317 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Stats, wins, QBs. I mean, I guess they don't really like all mesh. Like one of the, the worst things about this game, which I feel just like sums up like the Chargers season at the end of the game, goal line stand. The Chargers decide they're going to run a QB sneak. The entire offensive line doesn't know it's happening because they all drop back as if Herbert's going to pass and Herbert goes forward, which is not how you run a QB sneak. You, you're, you need to push the defensive line back. And the offensive line was like, nah, fam, you got this. Go ahead and push all eight of these people back yourself. It was snuffed out. And, and the clock like hit zeros. And it's just like, what? What? What, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, there's now reports that head coach Anthony Lynn has told his team, look, that playoff push that we're fighting for is probably not going to happen this year. Okay. First of all, <laughs> you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have ever said, here's where we're going. We're going to the Super Bowl." But he did say that, you know, in hard knocks, he said, there's no reason they couldn't be a championship football team, which to be honest on paper, they had a lot of defensive and offensive weapons, but like your quarterback gets a punctured lung from a, an errant shot. You don't want to start the rookie, which obviously he, he has more potential than everyone else. Austin Eckler goes on IR. You have other defensive players that go on IR. You trade away your best cornerback to the Titans. <laughs> like, okay. I, I don't know that Anthony Lynn will be the coach next year. I hope he is. I think he is a good coach. I think he's just being 
allowed to make some really poor football decisions or his assistant coaches aren't challenging that much. There's got to be something going on here because if you tried a little bit harder in, in the beginning part of the season, I think you would have gone a little bit further. There's no way you can take a team like the Chiefs to OT and then lose by 10 to the Bills. That, that doesn't compute with me. It's not okay. Like, you share a stadium with the Rams. It's worth like $15 billion. Your, your play should reflect that, right? Like, if, if you're going to go out and wear like a Gucci suit, then you need to act like you're wearing a Gucci suit. You can't go out there and be like, nah, I got this in Burlington Co-Factor in. We're cool. It was $9.99, but I'm going to act like I can stunt like I'm worth $14,000. That, that, that's not how this works. You have to go out there and you have to play the game and you have to coach better. And the Chargers seem to be impervious to do that. You know, I, I don't think that there's much of a difference between the talent that the Chargers have versus a team like, oh, I don't know, the Jags. It's just bad coaching. That's, that's where we're at at this point in the season. You should be winning games and you're losing them by a little bit or you're losing them by a lot of it. Man, I just, I just wanted Justin Herbert to have a good season. Mm. Is that so wrong? Big Marshalls fan, by the way. Find some Gucci stuff in there, I bet. <laughs> some knockoff Gucci stuff. <laughs> or Gucci stuff that's like $9.99. Low price, though. That's right. That's right. Uh, speaking of bad or, and or questionable coaching, uh, I had the Raiders Falcons. Raiders! Yeah, yeah, this is my uh, this is my first L actually right up until this point. Mm. I forgot I forgot I was actually recapping this game, but uh, this one was uh, a mess to say the least. Uh, Derek Carr coughed the ball up four times, and not via interception. He did throw one interception, but he gave up three fumbles. Like Derek Carr, you are not a running quarterback. What are you even trying to do here? Um, could you imagine a scenario in which, possibly, hypothetically, in another world, alternate dimension, into the mm-hmm. Spider-Verse, yeah. you had Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown stack, and you said, you know, Colts kind of held them in check last time, and the Raiders are going against a subpar team. What if, hypothetically, asking for a friend, you started Derek Carr over Ryan Tannehill? What what would those fantasy points look like for this past week? Oh, they wouldn't be great. They wouldn't be great. Uh, negative point zero six to nineteen point five two. And I <clears throat> sorry, the, hypothetically, this person <laughs> who, who made that thing lost by like nineteen points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Absolute uh, trash. Absolute yeah, trash. That person I, would be so upset if it wasn't me, but it is. Uh, I gotta check Ugh. something. I gotta check something here because I made a similar move. Uh, in which I started Derek Carr, and that nice young fellow got me uh, one point. Yeah, one point one four points. Yeah. Uh, well, what? What? Some people who play fantasy say there's one rule: don't get cute. I, yeah. And then I'm at this point in the season. I'm like, all right, let's 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 whip out all all the contingencies. Let's get cute. Yeah. Ooh, your boy looked ugly. Well, it's because right. I, I had Lamar Jackson as my starter, and obviously he messed around and got COVID, so he was off, <laughs> so I had no choice. Uh, and I have like four guys on my bench who are all out or questionable this week, so options limited. Thankfully, I did uh, salvage a win because I had uh, Tyreek Hill, James White, uh, and Gronkowski on this, on this particular team. So uh, thanks, Tyreek. Uh, anyway, back to the game. 
uh, or I don't even know if we should call it a game, but Falcons doing Falcons things. They put up a ton of points. Uh, their defense, however, was finally able to get their shit together and figure out how to stop an opposing team when they put up massive numbers. It's their second tar- largest win they've had over like the last, I don't know, like 14 or 15 years, but they won 43 to 6. Didn't even take Matt Ryan a lot of offensive output to make that happen. He only threw for 185 yards. He only hit 22 of his 39 attempts. He did throw an interception, but he did have two touchdowns. So this this one is just when you're playing against a team who is insistent on coughing the ball up, uh, that's what's going to happen every single time. Derek Carr gave it up three times, plus a turnover. Uh, you had Josh Jacobs. He coughed up his own turnover. And it was just the the, the defense carrying the big win for uh, for Atlanta this go-round because we, we had talked about it early in the season where I said I thought the Falcons were one of those teams where their offense was great. I thought Matt Ryan, you know, his struggles weren't necessarily struggles because he was still finding ways to put up massive amounts of points. He was getting a lot of yardage. His team just couldn't stop anybody. And this is a good example of what happens when their defense actually steps up and makes a few attempts because this was like a, a completely different look. The The Vikings have been, I'm sorry, the Raiders have been a team that we've talked it week in and week out. We've actually have a couple podcasts that are, you know, jokingly named are the Raiders good again oh the Raiders are bad again because it's honestly been that kind of season for them but this is one they were finally able to kind of step up make some opportunities uh they scored a touchdown on the defensive side off of uh off of one of their interceptions so I think if you can go up against a team like the Raiders who have been making a lot of noise in some of the games that they've played, they're six and five. They beat some pretty decent teams. They played competitive against some really good teams. If you can come in and just beat down a team like that, I don't know if that necessarily shows the underestimation that happens on the Raiders side going into this game and the poor game management or the Falcons finally figuring it out. They're another one that would have to win out for the rest of the season to have a chance to, you know, get into any sort of playoff picture they're four and seven but it is if they're going to play games like this against teams like the Raiders there is a chance they could make that happen and make it interesting down the stretch I just don't think their defense has the ability to withstand that much pressure week in and week out because we've already seen they just they just don't right they like to give up a lot of points they like to give up some easy scores so great win for the Falcons got to be a confidence booster for Matt Ryan they need to be able to maintain this for a couple more weeks if they want to try and ride this to any kind of, you know, postseason. Tara, hmm. I see your L, and I will raise you another one. <clears throat> Niners, Rams. I said Rams. Not close. 14 points at least. <laughs> we, the Seattle delegation, are really happy that you got this pick wrong because oh, this could not be better. Uh, look, I, I saw a tweet, okay, and it says, Sean McVay owns Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll owns the 49ers. The 49ers own Sean McVay. This is the NFC West, baby. This is how this happens. The 49ers won on a field goal. 23-20. to 20. 
Jared Goff threw a, threw a pick to Javon Kinlaw, 27-yard touchdown, interception return. Okay. Uh, Woods, Cooks, those guys are still doing their thing. Cam Akers still getting out there. Didn't matter. Shanahan is scheming up all kinds of things. Robert Sala, who after the game, Richard Sherman, back off IR, waxed poetic. Didn't really ever talk about Seattle coaches the way that he's talked about Robert Sala. And I got to be honest, Robert Sala, last year, took him to the Super Bowl, right? Defense coordinator, ton of talent. This year, talent ravaged by IR. I don't know what it is about this 49ers team, but Raheem Mostert, Evo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Richard Sherman. It's almost like the 49ers have said, okay, we're going to lose you, but because this year it's COVID and we're going to put you on IR for three weeks, Tim's out for three weeks. We're not playing him. Tim, when you come back, you better be ready because at the end of those three weeks, you're going to occupy XYZ role. And it's amazing to see what the 49ers are doing. They can literally adapt on the fly and they can throw out almost in a Belichickian kind of way, any sort of personnel grouping. And Nick, okay, I said almost. I said almost. I said almost. Who had more passing touchdowns this week, Nick Mullins or Cam Newton? I'll wait. Well, yeah, but that's yeah, Cam that's Newton. what I thought. That's not Look, Bill Belichick. Come on now. Nah, the NFC West is one of the toughest divisions, if not the toughest division in football. Every one of these games is a must-win, and for a team to outright own another team uh, in a season, they remember. They beat the Rams like early in the season by just like a little bit. And this time it got down gritty and they still find a way to win, even though Aaron Donald is just wrecking people's lives. I'm going to give them the props, but I'm very scared for week 17 <laughs> when they face the Seahawks. Uh, way to go 49ers. I will take the sell. I'm going to kick it old school with a Guinness for the rest of this broadcast, because why not? Why not? I may or may not have a craft um, <clears throat> latte. A seal smoothie? Um, inside is the finest Pilsner beer, brewed with the highest quality ingredients. Hops from the Pacific Northwest. And, uh, you know, the name rhymes with Miller. <laughs> oh, that was a course like. Yeah, see, so mm -hmm. I like to slum it a little bit. I'm drinking a Guinness. This is a Guinness drought. I like the bubblies on my nose. This is fun. They get, they get stuck in my beard, though, which is. You guys, you guys can't see it because this isn't a visual show, but uh, my beard and mustache have gone through an identity crisis. You've seen some of the pictures we posted early on where I had that nasty mustache for a while, and it went away, and I was clean-shaven. Now I got, like, an actual beard coming in. Um, but, yeah, the Guinness, the, the Guinness bubbles like to get stuck in the, the, the stash a little bit, the flavor saver upstairs. The absolute trash is that, like, you, have, you had a mustache, then you, then you shaved it, and then you, you were clean shaven for, I don't know, months. And uh, I've been trying to grow this beard for a year since I left the military. And I, <laughs> it's the same length. And yours just appears out of nowhere. It's bullshit. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're probably good. I mean, there's, some, there's some patchy spots that you know, could use some work. But we're, we're yeah, about... Well, it, it's been growing for like three days, Tim. So give me a break. Okay. <laughs> uh, recap the Saints Broncos. Let's go. All right. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, <clears throat> so I thought this game was actually going to be closer than it was. But damn, man. Three points from Denver. Come on. Come on, come on, come they on. Started, come on. They started, they started, come on, but they were. squad receiver who had were... no practice reps. Like, look, I, what hey, did you expect? Hey, hey, let me get to the joke here, man. Ugh. Jesus Christ. They went two for 10 on third down. I was going to say, come on, man, again. And then I was going to say, just kidding. This game really should have been canceled or postponed. You see all the exceptions they made for the Steelers-Ravens game. Uh, they just finalized that game tonight, by the way. 
but to force these guys to go out and play without a single starting quarterback is brutal. Um, Hitton had only one completion on the day, and he had nine attempts total, 13 yards. He had two interceptions, and I, I really feel for the guy. I do, because there should have been no reason for them to get him from a practice squad into a starting position with zero starting team reps or actual preparation going into this. But Denver's defense was also MIA. Like, okay, you can say they didn't score points. That's on the offense. You got to, you, you know, it is what it is. But the fact that their defense completely failed them is just unreal. Uh, Hill, Latavius Murray, and Alvin Kamara all stacked up for 40-plus yards apiece, combining for 200-plus between the three of them. Hill took in two touchdowns on his own. The, I mean, the Broncos never even stood a chance. You would hope that the defensive side might come in, you know, like a Cincinnati or another team and try and make it interesting. They literally just shit the bed. They checked out as soon as the game started. There was just no hope. And then trying to ride a guy... you. This game had all the makings for some primetime magic. You had a quarterback on the Saints team who was making his second career start and, you know, a situation where we don't know what he's going to play like going up against the guy nobody's even heard of. Anybody, I, I know a couple guys who tried to, you know, pull him on DraftKings just to see if they could get like a, a really cheap, sneaky couple points, and he wasn't even available on DraftKings. Like that's how that's how unknown this man was, and he were really he wasn't hoping... available for the Denver Broncos either. <laughs> yeah, you were really hoping that they were going to try and you know there might be like a cool story to talk about this week, but it played out exactly as it should have played out. I mean, we're, we got to be thankful it was you know Tyson Hill and not Drew Brees in there. Otherwise, this could have been like a. a I mean, at some point, Tyson Hill probably would have came into this game anyway. It got that ugly, but um, I was really hoping for a little bit of magic. We got pretty much the opposite of that. We just got some some shitting the bed on on both sides of the ball for uh, for Denver. So tough loss. You know, hopefully everybody comes back healthy next week and, and we get a, a our Denver team back. Our Denver team? What are we? We're we're Denver Broncos podcast now. Nah, the, the NFL's Denver team that was four and six, now four and seven. Who? Yeah. We 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 could count on once a week or once every couple of weeks for a little bit of an upset. I mean, you know, there there have we have not we you have picked the Broncos a couple times at this podcast. So you may not necessarily be a fan, but I know you sure have stock yep. in 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 some of their gameplay. So. Uh, to, or how about this? It'd be nice to have a real football team back on the field. Uh, we saw the anybody who watched the Steelers Ravens tonight, which we're going to get into. Uh, you see what it looks like when two teams don't get to practice for ten days. So, mm. ho- hopefully they they shake the rust off when they come back because all three of your quarterbacks had zero reps all week, and I don't even know what next week's schedule looks like. But I'm pretty sure they're going to play again in like five days, four days. We'll see what happens. Brew, 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 tau. <clears throat> Chiefs, Bucks. I said last week, Chiefs by least eight. Guess what? Chiefs won by four. And if you're thinking for even one modicum of a second, oh my God, wow, the Buccaneers must really be good. Get out of here with oh, that. Oh, come on. Tyreek Hill had 200 yards and two scores in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. No one could cover that man. And Jim Nance, Tony Romo, they were commentating the game. They're just like, what are you doing? 
why are you not bracketing it and having a safety over the top to stop Tyreek Hill from doing whatever he wants? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Tyreek Hill scored 50-plus fantasy points. If you yeah, faced him, you, 99% chance you lost that matchup. 99%. There might be a, a small world where maybe you faced Tyreek Hill and you had Will Fuller who got 35 points and you might have had Antonio Gibson and you got another 35 points there. You lost if you faced Tyreek Hill this week. And the Bucks faced Tyreek Hill and they lost this week. Like, there's so much drama. So much drama. Oh, who's the GM? Who's the head coach? Who's calling the place? Who's this? Who's that? I don't know if that's a Brady narrative or the fact that, like, maybe Arians just kind of thinks this season might be a lost season anyways. But, like, if you're one of those Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans that, that truly believes that the home team can host the Super Bowl, like they are doing this year, and you, your team can be in it, I want whatever you're smoking. Because you can't lose to the Saints twice. You absolutely could not afford to lose this game because Breeze is out and they're facing the Denver Broncos and they're going to play another team, which is not even above 500. So like you have to keep pace with them and you're not even doing that. And no matter who you bring in, Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown, even Tom Sue, you can't win a game. Now I, I get it. You've won seven games. You've had some flashes of brilliance. Well, Brady calls the plays. No, no, he doesn't. The offensive coordinator calls the plays. The head coach should obviously, like, you know, how can you say, like, before the beginning of the season, we don't need Antonio Brown? Oh, Antonio Brown's on the team now. Like, at this point, if this is Brady's redemption tour, it is not going well. Like, yeah, they're still well above 500. They're still going to be competitive. They're probably going to make it to the wild card because the NFC East is stacked. I mean, the NFC is stacked and, and the East is just terrible, but. Let's think about this. On paper, the Bucs should have been able to keep up. They just should. The Chiefs just were a little bit better. And I'm watching this game, and I'm just thinking to myself, is this what it looks like when a cat like plays with a mouse? That like it intentionally wounds? And it doesn't kill the mouse, but it's like, nah, let me just keep knocking it out. And it wakes up, and it's like, oh my god, what's going on? It freaks out, and the cat just like bops on the head again. That was this game. There, there was no point in this game after the explosive first quarter where the Chiefs, I felt, ever put it in third gear or ever came to neutral. They were just like, nah, we're good. First or second gear. That's Thanks. like the most this, this might be the disrespectful first. thing I think I could have like seen on a football field this I year. Feel, I feel like this might be our first big disagreement. On this podcast, because did you watch the game? Like I watched every Tyreek, minute Tyreek, of that game. Tyreek could have delivered your Amazon Prime mail. Yeah, like, but there did was you no see one covering what happened him. With him, Travis Kelsey, no one could cover him outside of that pass he threw that he missed. But did you see uh, him? Did you see what happened the entire second half of the game? Almost nothing for Hill. So it was one of those where they made that's called prevent. That may, that, that, and it worked that's, that's because they prevent. literally almost I mean they had a chance to win this game and if we if they came back and won this game it would be an entirely different conversation and I have say, no faith that the, that the Buccaneers would have come back and won that game I have faith they would have tied they, the game and they would have lost in overtime that's what I have faith in you don't, you don't think that Patrick Mahomes saw that score getting close and tried to make sure that they didn't win of course they did they just could not complete once, mm. once they once they pulled back two safeties I, and kept everything up front to say, okay, you're gonna. I don't know if you Davis know this again, but 
that's fine. You're not going to get far down the field. And they literally shut him. He finished. He had 200 in the first period. He finished with 269. So the next three quarters, he got 69 yards, which... You don't need to do anything against a team that's not going to put up any sort of lifeline against you. Ah, Brady put up 345 yards. They had a chance to win this game. They definitely had a chance to win this game. Yeah, they had a chance to win by allowing Tom Brady to be on the field and throw them picks, which is exactly what happened. Like, you, you, no, 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 because you don't say the same thing about Russell Wilson throwing picks in this game. No way. No way. What do you mean? They lost. They literally lost by three points. They lost by a oh, field goal. If only, if only you had the greatest quarterback of all time. If only you had a guy who could execute the two-minute drill like nobody's business. Oh, you wait. Watch? You have that guy, and it didn't work did you, out. I'm but sorry. did you watch the offensive L. line? Did you watch the offensive line at all? That man could Oh, my goodness. So now it's the offensive it line. I've been this, saying the offensive team, line. Let's I knew go it. Back. Let's go I back knew and it. listen. No, I no. knew that all Let's these Patriots fans who are big previous... Tom Brady fans are just going to continue to say, oh, Brady doesn't have weapons. Brady has all weapons out there. Oh, Never Brady's said he offensive have line. He does a bad offensive line now. Now it's going to be the defense. That's no. why Tom Brady's redemption tour is not going to happen. No, just pipe down. Very, you got a whole other year with this guy. Come hey, on. It's, it's very easy for you to suddenly point out Tom Brady throwing picks, but also miss Russell Wilson throwing all the picks this season. Oh, That's no. No, no, no. I, no, no, no. I, I've talked about that plenty, but uh, you just said, oh, uh, he's I don't, gonna I don't have the throwing interceptions. No. So during that game, that man was constantly under pressure. Do I think they were going to win this game? No. I thought they were going to get blown out by the Chiefs. But to say that they didn't have a chance to win it and that the Chiefs took their, their foot off the gas is. I, like those same announcers that you quoted in the beginning saying, what are they doing? Were the same announcers at the end that said they felt that there's a solid chance the Buccaneers are going to be in the Super Bowl in Tampa. Word for word. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know this, but they, they, there, there have been some announcers this year who have commentated like during the game where Dak Prescott snapped his ankle and said, oh, I hope it's just a cramp. But don't tell me about these commentators because they obviously the see what they want to see. They quoted. report what they want to report. This is this is absolute trash. I'm I see what you're doing because you're thread jacking because I thread jacked you earlier. No, this is absolutely no. trash, man. No, this I think is this trash. Is a, I think this is a misrepresentation of what actually took place on the field. The better team won. They should have won. They did win. But to say oh that they God. took I'm their rolling my eyes ass, so hard right now. I know. We are taking too we, much time talking about this game. Watched, Look, we watched two I different said, games. That's why. Yeah, we did. Apparently, you watched whatever one you want to watch on Red Zone. Where Scott mm-hmm. Hansen is gassing it up, and you're like, oh, there's a chance. There's never a chance. They lost by Chiefs a field goal. Chiefs are playing with them. They lost by a field yeah. goal. Yeah, the, the Chiefs thing don't, that sucks about losing Chiefs by a field goal is you have to get into position to kick the field goal. The Chiefs Anyways, don't Tim, lose Tim, take by... it away. Tell us. T- nah, take it nah, away. Nah. Take it away. Tell us how the Bears won against the Packers. Nah, no, 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 no. I got the Packers on this one. I said I was going to go Packers. I thought there might be a little magic coming into this one, too, with Trubisky coming back. Hasn't played since week three. But the man completed only 50% of his passes, and two of those were to the wrong team. And he fumbled the ball once. So that's pretty much the opposite of Magic. Uh, it's not at all how I thought this was going to play out. He had three touchdowns. So you can count for maybe a little bit of rust with some of the inaccuracies since, again, he hasn't started since week three. But it seems like a team like the Packers are going to take advantage of every one of those turnovers. And it's usually in the form of points. In this case, it was a lot of points. Rodgers reached 50,000 yards uh, in this game, making him the 11th quarterback in history to do that. It also got, he also had four touchdowns in this game, bringing him to 30 on the season. He's like just pummeling records all over the place. But 
He must have heard all my shit talking last week, tell him to quit whining because he didn't have any talent. Apparently, he's got a little bit of talent there because he found a way to utilize all of them. So maybe he should quit whining a little bit and uh, focus a little bit more on his team like someone should about the Seattle Seahawks. Ah! Yeah, how was that game, by the way? Let's hear about it. That's it. You're not. You're not going to talk about the absolute complete destruction that the. Okay. Right, so nah, cool. it's the it's it's the Bears. It, they've been just a, a, you know, they're a 500 team. They are one of those teams that is exactly what we've been saying, where their record doesn't necessarily ref- reflect the quality of that team. I know we got a couple Bears fans that are on here, but Nick Foles hasn't been great. You've gotten some wins. You can't take them away, but. Some of those wins were not necessarily offensive shining moments. And I think... Yeah, but a dub is a dub, is it not? A dub is a dub. But like going back and forth between quarterbacks shows that there's still some some concerns and some questions there when you bring oh, in the sure. guy that you're supposed to be grooming for. I, th- I think he really runs the risk of getting Mark Sanchez where any sort of talent is going to get fully diminished because of the lack of confidence because you put him in, you take him out, you put him in, you take him out. Here he is, you put him in. If they don't start him next week, that man's confidence is going to be like at an all-time low. So at this point, you hey, here's a just, question: Yeah, did you talk about the four touchdowns or the fact that Rodgers, you know, reached fifty thousand career passing yards? Yes. Did you? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just couldn't hear you uh, trumpeting this because you were so spirited in the last argument that we had about one See? Thomas Patrick Brady. See? You didn't you give a never damn about Sam, Aaron Rodgers. This is the problem. I said. Uh, I said word for word. He reached 50,000 yards, and it made him the 11th quarterback in history to do this. So, uh, I mean, my ears weren't ringing from your resounding, uh, you know, declaration of that. So I think you're probably mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. 50,000 yards, mm-hmm. 11th quarterback in history. Oh, oh, yeah. What about Russell Wilson? Because that's the only thing I hear out of you is chirp, 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 chirp. So moving on. Let's go ahead and talk about this. Yeah, let's talk about <clears> it. <throat> I said Seahawks by 21. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was grimacing. Um, the Seahawks scored 21 points. They didn't win this game by 21 points. But if I'm thinking that Adam Gase could possibly win a game this season, I'm also very positive in the fact that maybe Pete Carroll will go ahead and kick a team's ass this season, but it's not going to occur. You know why? Because the Seahawks love playing goddamn one-score games, and I'm over it. I'm sick of it. I got too many gray hairs. I can't. I'm too old for this. I just can't keep this up, okay? You get them to punt. The Eagles to punt within the first minute and a half of the game. You don't score no points. You get them to punt again three minutes later. You don't score no points. You get them to punt a third time. Still no points. Oh, oh, we get a we get a touchdown. You get a punt, no points. You get another touchdown. They score a touchdown, but they miss the extra point. Like this game was just like every single other Seattle Seahawks game that I've watched, and it's just like you've got to be kidding me. Can we please put this team away? And nope. This was exactly just like every other Seattle Seahawks game, infuriating for the fans of the team. But if you watch the game, you think to yourself, wow, maybe this game's close. This game wasn't really close. And I'm super infuriated, but I'm not the better who lost half a million dollars on a Seattle plus six because there was a Hail Mary touchdown that Dallas Goddard caught that he really shouldn't have because it was knocked out of someone's hand. And he kind of ping-ponged it up to himself while he was falling to the ground in the end zone. Oh, The only thing I'm happy about, and, and I, I will just wrap this right up, 
Russ, no picks. Chris Carson came back. Running game was going good. DK Metcalf did the Michael Jordan thing where he took something that someone said to him personally, even though it was taken out of context, but that's okay. It's cool. 177 yards. Touchdown. Probably should add two or three more. I like where the team is going. I'm tired of these one-score games. <laughs> like I'm tired of people playing soft-ass defense in the second half of football games so that these teams can come back. It's good for your, your fantasy prospects, I suppose, but it's not good for my heart. When I'm watching a game in primetime where Russ is just killer, and I'm losing my mind. I'm just screaming out loud because I'm going, how do you allow someone to convert third and 15 after you've stopped them from converting most of the game? How do you allow that Hail Mary touchdown? I don't know. Carson Wentz had 20 fantasy points. Carson Wentz should have had negative 20 fantasy points. That dude was sacked like four or five times. Jalen Hurts came in. And that's something you're going to see a lot more of, to be honest, because I don't think that he has the ability to win games, but I think he has the ability to keep the offense kind of like, you know, moving and, and just going in different directions because Carson just can't do it anymore. I don't know if that's injuries. I don't know if it's personnel, but when more people are talking about your owner, not attending one of your games because of the effort they've been putting in this season, uh, it's not good. Seattle needs to win every one of these games against the NFC least <laughs> coming up. and. They did what they needed to do here. We are not going to see a game at any point in this season where Seattle absolutely blows out a team. It's not going to happen. It's unfortunate. Yeah, man, they were one intercept. I mean, that throw from Wentz that went directly to a defensive player. I don't know what that, uh, that was. Yeah, Quandre, Quandre Diggs, yep. That was, that was beautiful. That was brutal, but... That was the one throw that had that gone at an actual offensive player could have changed the tide of that game. But yeah. Do we really need to get into this? I mean, you already took an L by like the the, the Chiefs Bucks. If you think that this uh, game was anywhere close, Tim, have a, Tim, I have Tim do I need when, to send a USADA doping team to your I house have, to get them to submit a drug test for you? When people like, what are you talking back, about? I have a feeling when what people listen back to sacks? this, I won't what be the What team had more passing yards? What team had a better running attack? Like, Dude, what team is a better coach? You just said he lost by one possession, and that could have been that was almost the touchdown if he didn't throw it to the exact wrong person. That but that's what he throw. was going to do because that's what yeah. Carson Wentz does. This, oh, yeah. gosh, I, it's, you I know, know when the Seahawks go to the Super Bowl this year after they win the social media Super Bowl, I just want mm -hmm. you to, to just hold that fat L in a nice little baby baby swaddle, put it over, burp it over your shoulder. Let's get on to next week. Let's go. Let's well, go. first, we spent too much time first, arguing about this. First, I got, I got, I got to give you the Steelers Ravens rundown because that game finalized. Uh, ah, what happened? Uh, so the Steelers won nine, uh, 19-14. Like I said earlier, I thought the Steelers gonna, were going to take this one. My gut was saying the Ravens were going to take this, and they almost squeaked this one out without Lamar Jackson as their starter. They started with uh, RG3, uh, who had an okay outing, coughed the ball up a couple times, so not his best, uh, not his best effort, but... Um, they gave up a pick six, which obviously it hurts a little bit. Uh, but midway through, they switched quarterbacks. They went to the bench. Uh, I mean, this is Robert Griffin's second start in the last four seasons. So it's not 
really what you kind of, you know, this isn't the team I pictured going into this when I said I thought the Ravens might be able to sneak this one out. So I'm kind of surprised to see that it was even this close going into it. Um, I don't know if this necessarily is, is reflective on either one of these teams, to be honest. I think this is just sort of what happens when you go 10 days without any sort of formalized practice. There are injuries all over the place. So the Ravens are in a tough spot. The third loss, uh, even though they did keep this one, you know, pretty close against a, an undefeated team. I, I don't think this one should have ever even been played. It was so up and down. There were so many players who were on the COVID restricted list that so they weren't even part of this game. So, I mean, I, not, not too much to look back on this one. Not, not worth spending a lot of time on. Obviously, the Steelers move on to, you know, maintain their perfect record. Ravens kind of, you know, pledging a little bit over the last few weeks. Some of them with Lamar uh, on the backfield. Their team was decimated. They started the game uh, with a full secondary on the defensive side, and they had two injuries going into the third quarter. So, you know, the, you, you kind of expected going into this not being the same team they were, you know, at the start of the week that they weren't going to, and that's exactly, uh, that's what, that's exactly what happened. I mean, the Ravens missed Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Andrews, and Calais Campbell, along with Matt Judon, and like, what are you going to do if all of those guys are out? So, you know, good on them for making an effort. Um, interesting moves, some some interesting decisions on the on the Pittsburgh side. They had most of their starters there, so it was kind of strange for them to play this one as close as they did. But Baltimore's defense was all over it. But in this one, it was the uh, it was Pittsburgh's defense that really sort of ran this, not their offense. Their their defense was fantastic today. Eleven and zero. The Steelers may never lose again. <laughs> Seriously, I mean they 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 have to go fifteen to one at this point. The Bills. That's it. Yeah, that's I that's mean, the only team I think that can actually beat them. I mean, you you just almost lost to a team that had literally half of their like prime star stat, starters out. So I think they're in a position to. I mean, because again, you're going to come off of a short week now. It's not like they got a bye going into this week, so you got to come off short rest and play this weekend. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think that I think the Steelers are one of those teams that, like, as the now the schedule is going to feel more condensed for the rest of the season because you just had this mm -hmm. weird Wednesday to where they play Sunday. Yeah, you have that little stretch. <clears throat> you know, that rest is going to start, or that lack of rest is going to pile up a little bit. I think they're like one injury away from you know that that winning record being in jeopardy. And I almost wonder if they're a team that doesn't put a lot of stock in that particular record. They may consider like resting a guy or two because you've already your playoff spot is all but sealed now. So what's the worst that happens? You just take an L to, you know, stop worrying about the perfect season, spend a spend a Sunday resting some of your starters to make up for some of the short weekend. I don't know. It'd be interesting what happens. Let, let, let me ask a you a question. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's all this talk about dynasties, okay? Um and maybe we need to have a whole podcast on it because let's think about this. Like what constitutes a dynasty? Patriots, they have one boss, a mafia boss, controls everything, win a lot of championships. How about a team on the Allegheny River? Three bosses, three mafia bosses. They went through their Scorsese, their Irishman timeline. They got, you know, the Pacino. They got the, all, they got the, all the other, all the other timelines you could possibly have, okay? How many Super Bowls they won? 
And what if they win the Super Bowl this year? How about that? Catch me outside. Doesn't dynasty, like the modern term dynasty, mean like three? Sustained like success over many years. We just gave the Patriots dynasty because they won three out of four. Remember, twice. the Golden State Warriors did too, and look what happened to them. They did, but look, they did cream. That. But they did oh, come twice. on, come on. <laughs> come on, come on. The cream always comes to the top. Sometimes it's a little smelly like buttermilk, okay? But it still <laughs> makes great butter. That's all you need to know about that. Move on, Tim. Let's go. No, no, but I'm saying like in modern sports terminology, whether it's NBA, NFL, MLB, don't think the dynasty is like the three-peat, right? The three in like a four or five-year span. Like the Yankees were a dynasty when they won their stretch for a little bit. Uh, the Lakers were a dynasty when they won their three. So I think it's like you have successful teams, but I think to be classified as a dynasty, it's like a culmination of championships in a small period. So the Steelers got to put a couple together. They're primed for it. Unless Ben decides to retire, they're primed for it. But unless Kyle Rudolph's going to step in and, and take over the mantle and, and maintain that. We'll see. Uh, I like the oh I like the Steelers. I think the league is more entertaining when the Steelers are doing well. So I'm, I'm here for it. I always like yeah. uh, the playoff run through Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, it ain't going to happen this year because they're going to be the number one seed. All right, move yeah. on. Move on. <clears throat> all right. All right, all right, all right. So we're moving on to week 13. The Sunday slate, Browns, Titans. This is one of those games. It's an 8-3, eight 8-3 and three, eight and three record. Uh, the Titans have been sort of up and down over the last few weeks. Unfortunately, the Browns have been up and down for the entire season. So this one's a tough one to call. Um, I got to go with my allegiance here. I think the, you know, they're both riding some pretty high momentum. I think the Titans and coming off of this week's win and the success they had, Derrick Henry getting back to, you know, some of his early season, late season form from last year. I think they find a way to work him in a little bit more as long as they can find a way to keep Chubb at bay. I think the Titans end up taking this one. I think it'll be a close one, but I do think the Titans squeak this one out. Oh, I won't be starting uh, Derrick Henry this I mean, (laughs) Derrick Carr this week. Uh, Uh, Over Danielle. All right, I got football team Steelers. Steelers aren't going to lose this game. It's not happening. Steelers by 10. I was going to say, Raider, I got Raiders and Jets. By the way, we're going to rifle through these because we've taken up too much of you guys' time. So uh, I got Raiders, Jets. I was going to say Jets, no problem. But after the way the Raiders played last week, I'm not necessarily going to say no problem, but I'm still going to say Raiders. Uh, <laughs> here's a stat, that, here's I, a stat that doesn't matter. They played last year when um, the Raiders were projected to sort of do some good things in the division and be competitive. And they lost this game against the Jets and that tumbled them right out of the postseason. Yeah. So I I mean there's trap game. Yeah, they're six and five. They may go into this one thinking like, oh, it's a rebound game, but you just got your ass kicked going into this one. So I I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking next week about the Jets first win. Um I don't know, you know, the realistic side of that, because I think the Jets are now considering like, well, they're separating themselves from the rest of the the loss category because some of those teams are finding ways to win a couple games so they could afford to at least win one game so this is this might be it but i think the raiders are going to rebound and, and, and take this one. Ooh boy <clears throat> jags vikings jags fired their gm this week i don't think they're going to fire their coach um but they're not going to win this game either 
Vikings by seven. I'd be interesting if uh, they lose this game and the Jets manage to squeak a win out against the Raiders because then that throws that first round pick up in the air because you'll have two one eleven teams. So I wonder. I wonder if the Jets are gonna are gonna try and pay attention at halftime to see what that Jaguar score is, or if the Jaguars are gonna be are just gonna say, "All right, the hell with it. Let's just lose them all now." Make a, let's, let's make a bid for that pick because neither of our quarterbacks are very good. <sighs> Bengals, Dolphins. Speaking of another team that's uh, on that downward spiral. This is one of those games that sets up for maybe like a, a, a weird upset game where the Bengals find a way to squeak this one out. I don't think so. I think the Dolphins are uh, kind of finding their way a little bit behind Tua. If he gets the start this weekend, you know, you never quite know what's going to happen over there. Um, I don't know. Did they disclose an injury for Tua, or is he just? Are we just presuming that there's an injury? No, it, he had a thumb injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think if Tua comes in, I, I, I don't, I don't think it matters who starts. I think if Tua starts, they definitely get the win. It's Patrick. You know, he can cough the ball up a couple times, but I still think they end up taking this one. There's just too much for for Cincinnati to try and overcome here. <clears throat> so uh, hashtag let uh, let Joey roar from IR. Let let Joey let, let Joey rest. Let Joey, let Joey rest. rest. Oh, it's so bad. Okay, Colts Texans. Um, this is actually going to be a really good game. Let's yeah. think about this. Colts reeling, Texans catching fire. Um, if you're one of those people who plays like uh, you know, beer pong, you have those weird, stupid house rules where if you make one cup three turns in a row, you're heating up on fire, unstoppable. Whatever those dumb rules are, people who come to my house don't play by those rules. It's not, it's not, that's not a thing. I hate that. Um, look, the Colts should win this game. But if we're being honest, I'm going upset here. Uh, Texans. I would back that one. Texans by a field goal. Mm. It's going to get close. I mean, if, if they had Will Fuller, it might be getting a little bit crazier, but I think they are, they're now beginning to find Ooh, enough of... That's true. You know what I mean? I, I think yeah. the Texans can find a way to win it just because Watson is going to be Superman-esque. But yeah. it's going to be close. They lost They lost Fuller. Who else did they lose? They lost another player. I don't know. It's tough when you're you're on the same news headline with Fuller because it's all you're paying attention to. They lost two guys. I think they both went out for PDs. Um, I got Lions and Bears, 4-7 and seven versus the 5-6. Oh and six. This one, uh, this one's a tough one. Um, I don't know. Remember, no, no, Maddie P. He got fired. Yeah, no, Maddie P. So they got a, an interim QB. I mean, an interim coach. You got the Bears, you know, and their quarterback back and forth. Trubisky had a pretty decent game, even though he did cough up the ball three times. Uh, I think if they start Trubisky, they have a good chance. I think they take this one. If they backtrack and they don't, um. I actually see them losing this one. The Lions kind of needed a little bit of a spark all season. Firing your coach and bringing someone in might be that that fire sort of. It could go one of two ways. It can either be the fire to kind of light everyone's, uh, you know, attention and get everyone moving, or it just sort of plummets your confidence. And now you know you think your season's a total loss. So um, I'm gonna go foul. I mean, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go Bears, but I think it's going to be dependent on starting Trubisky. They don't start Trubisky. I think it's just, 
Foles is going to come in. His confidence is shot because he just got benched and now he's going to get brought back. So, you know, this is very much a, you know, Jets circa, when was it, 2009, juggling Tim, Tim Tebow and, and Ryan San- or, uh, Mark Sanchez, where they're going back and forth and either one of them could find their footing because the moment they stumbled, they got yanked. I think this this is shaping up to be a very small version of that, but could get pretty ugly pretty quick if they keep, you know, going back and forth. All right. <clears throat> I got Saints Falcons. Taysom Mill, back-to-back weeks, two rushing touchdowns. Falcons put up 40 points last week. And held them to six points? Yeah, I, points? I don't really, I don't think this is farcical for me to say that I, I believe the Falcons are going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alvin Kamara can't beat you by himself. Michael Thomas has somewhat of a connection with Taysom Hill, but I don't think that's enough. Wild. Absolutely wild. But like, the Falcons are known for doing this. They lose a lot of games they should win, and they get hot towards the latter part of the season. So I'm going to go upset here. Falcons. I like it. I would. Uh, I'd probably make that same same exact pick. I think the Falcons are finding a way to to make some defensive moves. Ah, <laughs> Giants, Seahawks. Um, uh, this should, this should take uh, two seconds. I I think this is. I honestly think this might be a battle of, you know, the least amount of turnovers. Both of them are now taking care of the ball what? better. What are you hold talking on, about? On. What are you talking about? I'll I'll, I'll bury the lead. I think the Seahawks are going to win this game. But I think, I mean, Seahawks didn't exactly play great against Philly, who has been struggling pretty notably, you know, their entire season up against Carson Wentz, who's a turnover machine. Unfortunately, on the other side of the ball, he's figuring out a way to take care of the ball. So I think, while I think the Seahawks are going to win this game, I do think it's going to be a little closer than what we think it's going to be. And I think if if Russ kind of steps back a little bit and, and alters a little bit, you know, I think if he gets too comfortable thinking that this is an easy win and he turns that ball over once or twice, I I, I think you could be looking at the other side of uh, of this one and say, what the hell just happened? But I do think the Seahawks are going to win. I think it might get interesting, though. I think, I think this could get interesting. I mean, I would love to say no. Up until this week against... Really, I would have said, like, oh, no, this is an easy one. This is the Seahawks. I have been trumpeting the Seahawks all season. Uh, but, oh, but I'm picking for you, man. Let me tell you exactly what's going to happen. Colt McCoy is going to throw three interceptions. One of them is being returned for a touchdown. Because okay. Daniel Jones injured his hamstring last week. He's probably not uh-huh. playing this week. That's what's yeah. going to happen. All right. Well, if that happens, yeah, if Daniel Jones is benched, there's, no ch- no, there's absolutely no chance. But. If 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 he makes it into the starting lineup, man, I'm telling you. I'm Shout telling out to the keg doctor who is a, a big uh, Giants fan. Um, we'll go easy on you. And this isn't this honestly isn't because I have anything against the Seahawks. I just think that they're one of those teams that seems to be playing to the level of their opponent. And Giants going into this seems to be, you know, a, an easy win except for the last three weeks. The last three weeks, they seem to have strung together some pretty solid games behind Jones not turning over the ball. So if it is if it is Jones and he's healthy, we'll see. We'll see. I still think it's the Seahawks, but it, I, I feel like it'll be more interesting and give you more gray hairs. How's that? 
Yeah, we just we the National Seattle delegation of twelves of the Seahawks fans. Thank you for your service. Yep, that's about it. Uh, Rams Cardinals. <clears throat> Look, the Rams have to win this game if they want to keep up with the Seahawks and play for the division in Week 16. Um, and they're playing a division game against the Cardinals. It's going to be tough. The Cardinals coming off a loss. They don't want to go 500 by losing this game. I think they're going to make it really tough. But let's be honest. On defense, the Cardinals are not the same team that the Rams are. They don't have the execution of the scheme that are the players. Uh, on offense, I would say that Murray's talents are maximized by what Cliff Kingsbury wants to do. But you have back-to-back games where he has no, no rushing and no passing touchdowns. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't look good when you play teams that don't have Aaron Donald, and then all of a sudden you have to face Aaron Donald again. Um, Rams are going to win this game, but it's going to be a gritty, gritty win. Patriots Chargers, uh, Patriots are really having a hard time finding their identity on the offensive side of the ball. I know the Chargers have been really streaky, but as we pointed out the last few times, a lot of their losses have come within one possession games. So I actually think the Chargers are going to take this one. I think the the offensive oh, side. Oh, here yeah, we go. I think the offensive side for the Patriots is continuing to struggle to string together games. And if you're going up against a team who is been in position to win a lot of their games and have come up just barely short cam comes out and struggles turns the ball over a couple times i actually to be honest i they i know they they keep saying newton's the starter i i don't think newton makes it much longer for the remainder of the season if he has another couple of these outings because uh at some point you're just going to see what you have just to see what's a replacement but yeah i think i think the Chargers is going to take this one um even runs a small risk of getting kind of ugly, I think. Oh, boy. Yeah. I hope we hope that uh, Bill is not listening to this podcast. He's going to revoke yeah. your New England fandom. <clears throat> Eagles Packers. You know what kind of bullshit this is? The Saints are going to lose this week, okay? They're going to go to 9-3. and three. And then the Packers and the Seahawks are going to win, so they're both going to be 9-3. and three. It's going to be a three-way tie across the top of the NFC. That's what's going to happen. There's no way. There's no way the Eagles win against the Packers. Not happening. Absolutely not happening. Uh, the Packers just obviously demolished the Bears team last week, and they're going to just go ahead and demolish. I don't think it's going to be through the air this time, though. The ground game in Green Bay has been kind of lackadaisical. Hasn't been fantastic. It's going to get that way this week. Um, Rodgers is still going to throw like two or three touchdowns, but this is going to get out of hand real quick. What happens if they start Jalen Hurt? Change your mind? No, absolutely not. This, okay. this is not you facing Alabama when you're at Oklahoma. This is you facing Aaron Rodgers who can put up points at will, has a wrist flick from hell, and has a defense. True. You don't you. have an offense. If you were to tell me, oh, pick one person for both teams, I would have to say, um, if I have to compare Boston Scott to, to Aaron Jones, not a comparison. If I have to compare... If I had to compare Devontae Adams. But they did they they lost to the Colts. To any one of the Eagles. Yeah, I yeah, I get it. I get it. But if I have to compare any one of the Eagles receivers, they're not even close enough to being able to hold the sweat towel for Devontae Adams. And that includes Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, the whole lot. It's not happening. It's not ha- There's no way. I'm putting that in the notes. There's no way. All right. 
I, uh, I, I accept. I feel like this is a sneaky one where the, where the Packers stumble more than the Eagles play well. The Packers would have to literally get into a head-on collision and then forget how to call 911 to lose this game. I, they only scored 10 against Tampa, which you just sh- spent 25 minutes shitting on earlier. So mm-hmm, <laughs> just mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. Just, it's, it's there. Uh, Broncos, I, I, I Chiefs, guess you're going to tell me the Broncos are going to be the Chiefs too, huh? That would be funny. No, it's going to be Chiefs. Although, although, oh, well, why not? The Chiefs lost one game. There's no way they should win this. Well, all three, all three quarterbacks are coming off some extended rest, so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be uh, the Broncos are a four and seven team. Like they are one of those that that need to own their record. Um, Drew Lock, the the whole QB roster. That I just think you know they're in a development year. Uh, Kansas City's chugging along. I, I I personally strongly disagree in the fact that they were playing with Tampa. I think that was a close game that uh, could have gone either way. So I don't think this isn't going to be the same. I think this one's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be at least a, a two touchdown affair. Although we've seen several times that the chiefs, uh, as you say, take the foot off the gas, which I'm not buying, but we see that oh, you know, game plan uh, incorrectly. Hill is going to continue to run all, all over teams who have poor secondaries. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is going to be the, this is going to be the chiefs. Interesting. All right. Uh, moving on to the Monday games. Um, we have a double header this week. Finish up the episode here. Cowboys versus the Ravens. Look, the Ravens just lost again to the Steelers, <clears throat> but thankfully they get to play the Mike McCarthy led Cowboys, which means, this is a get-right game, and uh, that's what they do. They win this game. As long as everyone is happy and healthy from COVID, I think they they could be a team with some little extended rest that does some that does some work going into the second half of the season. Or all right, take us home. The, the last game: Bills Niners. The Niners keep finding ways to kind of surprise us with Mullins and company, uh, but I think the Bills are. Uh, sort of the surprise of the league. We all kind of expected them to take over the mantle when the Patriots lost Tom Brady and some of their, you know, star defensive players in the offseason. We keep forgetting the Patriots have all of these players that opted out of the season as well. So Nah, we don't forget that. No, I think this is the I think this is the Bills season and I think they need to capitalize on it because I don't think you're gonna see the same look from the Patriots. Next season, they'll have some some of their star defensive talent back. Hopefully, they make a change in the quarterback position. So, the Bills need to really buckle down and focus for the the remainder of the season. I think this is this should be a game that they uh, run away with. The Niners keep finding ways to surprise teams by keeping some of these close, as we saw last week. Uh, but I'm gonna go Bills. Bills in this one. I think the Niners might find a way to keep it interesting for at least the first half, maybe the. Th- into the third quarter, but uh, I, I think Allen's going to find a way to, to not only throw a couple touchdowns, but uh, I think he'll be a hard one to stop. So mm, 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 mm. We, we shall see. All right. Yeah. That is the slated games. <clears throat> Thank you all very much for listening to the Stats Matter podcast. We're quickly approaching uh, Tim's actual age <clears throat> in episodes here. So you know, this is this is a good thing. Um, episode 3434 is older than me. So the, the stats podcast was old enough to vote yep. and buy nudie mags and 
cigars. Now they've been old enough to drink and now they're old enough to, you know, buy a subprime mortgage that they're not really qualified to afford. And uh, they should be finishing off paying their student loans here in about 10 episodes. So I think, I think we're chugging right along here. For the record, all of ours are uh, paid off. So win-win. Uh, 100% not the case for this guy. <laughs> but uh, also just know that when you're 37, you're older and wiser. So your takes are better just by default. So. Uh, that's going to be so bad because you're going to open up next week with an at L. All right. I'm I hope I L, least, it's not even English. I hope I, I hope I get at least one L. It's about midway through the day. Uh, <laughs> that's enough. That's enough. The Giants are not going to win that game. Okay. Anyways, we will talk to you next week. Thank you for, for downloading the Assassin Matter podcast. We appreciate the love and support. We will talk to you soon. Cheers, everybody.